Could the biggest casualty of the coronavirus be geek culture? Well, we'll talk about that and more on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 104 of the Geek Watch Podcast, the show where we talk about what all the geeks are watching. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hi, Brian. So, crazy stuff going on this week that we can talk about. Of course, before we get started, of course, we have to have our in memoriam. Von Sydow passed away. Yeah, and I'll tell you, man... Never realized just how much he did. Oh, yeah. I guess Exorcist is what I really know him from. But when they start bringing up everything else and, oh, don't forget when he did this. Don't forget about Star Wars. Don't forget about well, of course, everything. Yeah. Well, of course, with me being uh, an 80s kid, my first experience with Max von Sydow was Flash Gordon ah. as being the merciless. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he was note perfect as that character. And... uh of course, when I think of Max von Sydow, of course, that's the first thing that I think of. And the second thing is going back and seeing The Exorcist. Because when I was younger, I really wasn't the biggest fan of horror movies. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> As I got older and uh, hit mm-hmm. puberty, some dark switch got thrown in me. <laughs> the one thing, of course, that uh, going back to watch The Seventh Seal, where he is, you know, he's a young man and he's playing a game of chess with death. So, hmm. okay, which of that's course not, is, it's that's not a Johnny Depp movie. I don't know if it's a Johnny Depp movie, okay. but uh, uh, he did this first. This was, okay. many, I mean, like I said, this was back when he was a young man. In oh, fact, uh-huh. of course, uh, the second Bill and Ted film, you know, where death is involved and they're playing all the games. Of course, that's a callback to that original <laughs> movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, The Exorcist for sure. Which, of course, you you, you look at him and you're like, uh, you see him as an old man in there, but they had to age him. Uh, to make him look like an old man, because that's how Pre-CGI, far... Pre-CGI, that was all tissue paper and glue and... Right. Yeah. Of course, when you see, uh, you know, when you saw him when he got older, it's like, you know, it was pretty accurate at that point, because mm-hmm. it's like, uh, yeah, it's kind of what happened. But he, amazing, amazing actor, of course. I also remember him from Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things. It's mm-hmm. like uh, you blink and you miss him because he's not in there a lot. Oh, okay. That's but he's, uh, but he's, of course, he's uh, has that moment where he's um, offering Conan all this money to uh, save his daughter from Thulsa Doom. It was his daughter that basically gets lured by Thulsa Doom. Mm-hmm. And he has this great line. He's like, uh, you know, when power no no longer interests you, when gold has lost its luster, the only thing that's left is the love of a father for his daughter. Hmm. You know, and of course, it's that moment where, you know, which leads Conan and 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 gang to to face Thulsa Doom. Of course, you see at the beginning, you know, Thulsa Doom kills his father, steal uh, steals the swords that that are known for making. But uh, yeah, that that you know that whole scene with. Uh, with Sidow as the uh, this jaded ancient king that has everything except the one thing that he cares about, of course, is the life of his of his daughter because she's Aww. she's fallen under the the spell of this Thulsa Doom, and so they they have to go and kidnap her mm-hmm. to bring her back. You know, I mean, just the influence that uh, he's had in in geek culture, and of course, toward the end, you know, he was also he was 
in uh, you know Star Wars, he became a part of the Star Wars universe as well. But uh, I mean, what he was able to accomplish, certainly, you know, you can't you can't deny it for sure. And uh, certainly, a body of work that uh, I'll be revisiting over and over again for sure. You know, uh, Godspeed to you, Max von Sydow. Now, you mentioned this that you've already you've seen this as well, but they did finally release well the final trailer for Black Widow. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what did you think of it? Uh, this one, you know, we're getting a little bit more of our story, uh, yeah. our relationships. You know, we knew who everyone was, but now we know uh, how they were with each other. And I love the very end where they're at the table and, you know, it's mom and yeah. sisters and sit up straight. And, I, you know, th- that's where you really see the family dynamic. And oh, yeah. That's just perfect. Yeah. And we do get to see more of Taskmaster. If you know him from the comics, you know, uh, and we talked about this before, he has photographic reflexes. He's able to duplicate the moves of many of our favorite heroes. And, I mean, we get to see him do a little bit of Captain America. We get to see a little Hawkeye. And we also get to see a little Black Panther. Oh, I miss the Black Panther. Oh, that, I, I the moment where the he, Yeah, the moment where he's fighting Red Guardian. And he puts his hands over his chest. Oh, uh, and, okay. and the claws pop out. You okay. Know, he does... Mm-hmm. You know, he does the Black Panther move. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, if he's not been to Wakanda, um, he's at least watched film of T'Challa fighting yep. and has learned his skill set as well, which, of course, makes it really difficult, you know, for anybody to fight somebody like that. I mean, obviously, you know, with Black Widow, not only is he going to have her skill set, but a bunch of other people. So, it going into that, you have that moment where like how in the world is she going is she going to be able to beat somebody like that if she has to go you know face to face and of course you had that that great scene where he's basically chasing her as they're both free falling yeah <laughs> and he manages to catch up with her and so you know that you know this is going to be action packed now the question that this leads to is there's been a lot of talk you know about the coronavirus and how that's going to affect, mm-hmm. you know, the summer blockbuster season. All big social gatherings. Even they've already canceled some cons. They're talking about March Madness being postponed. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, the sports geeks, they are, <laughs> they are hardcore. You don't mess with the sports geeks. Uh, yeah. So that's, but, you know, that there's, there have been a lot of questions about like Mulan and the fact that May 1st is going to be Black Widow. And I mean, travel and, and like you said, some conventions have already South by Southwest. First time ever it's ever they've ever canceled mm. Emerald City Comic Con. They've uh, postponed it to to uh, November. A lot of things. Well, the um, what movie was it? it uh, the new James Bond film that they've moved it no to time November. To die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're moved at the November. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is the problem with Disney is they're so booked. They can't really afford to move things around. They don't have the room for it. You know, it's like... No real estate. <laughs> yeah. We can't release that late because we're releasing this one at the times. Yeah, for sure. We're running into the situation now. It's like uh, a friend of mine who does a lot of does a lot of travel because he's a performer. He, uh, he just put up a pis- uh, picture on Facebook today that how weird it felt because he had to get on a plane. And it's like he's pretty much on this plane by himself. People are just not traveling. Spooky. Yeah, so I mean, that's going to be a real question for conventions and things like that. I mean, there were some things I've wanted to do this year that I'm second thinking for sure. 
but of course, you know, the thing about it is, although, um, again, geek culture is being affected by this, there's some jokes being whipped at uh, geek culture about this whole thing about the coronavirus. I've seen several versions of the joke. They're telling you that, uh, you know, stay at home, don't go out, don't go around crowds. And then the geek is like, I've been preparing for this moment my entire life. <laughs> the introvert rejoices. Yes. Yeah, it's like, I've been wanting to do this forever. Mm-hmm. I am ready. It's so. like people stay home from work. Oh, darn. I hate this. I hate having to stay home from work. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're very fortunate where we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are surrounded by states that have had cases of the coronavirus but even Stephen King has gotten in on the uh, the memes and the action because, as you know, he wrote The Stand, right. which had a very similar plague pandemic called Captain Trips. Right. And, you know, they're making the comparisons to, uh, oh, yeah. to it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Was, I, you, you definitely can uh, expect those kind of uh, responses. But the thing about it is with the coronavirus and, you know, again, you know, we're we're in a situation politically where – we know our government's lying to us, but it's like, are they making this thing sound less than it is because they don't want to panic? Are they trying to make it sound worse than it is so that people stay home and maybe manage to uh, stave it off a little bit? We just know that we're being lied to, or at least we suspect that, certainly, that we're being lied to to some degree. But, I mean, it's gotten to the point now where in Italy, nobody can go anywhere. They've locked that country down mm-hmm. completely. It was going to just be a few areas, but I think it was yesterday they announced nobody can leave Italy. Nobody can come into Italy. They have shut everything down. They're, they've isolated themselves. But the big question with the coronavirus is going to be how is this going to affect conventions, these big movies that are coming out? I mean, is the summer blockbuster era going to be just absolutely devastated at this point? I mean, I don't know. But uh, it don't look good. If you've ever wanted to go on a cruise and you wanted to know what it would feel like to be on a big ship pretty much by yourself. A ghost ship. That's, you know, so feel free. Or if you want some. We did get a teaser for American Horror Story. Yeah, we did. And it's on a beach. And you just pretty much see the cast list up on there. But being on a beach, I mean, that could be a few things. That could be Mm -hmm. a desert island. That could be a ghost ship. Sounds, you know, either way. It's really, uh, really exciting. You know, it could even be a, a twisted version of, you know, those. Uh, those 60s beach movies. Ah, like Beach Blanket Bingo. Yeah, things like that. But they they did versions, you know, they did scary movie versions of of those type of stories for sure. Oh, like the big monster films, like with the big heads. Oh, yeah. yeah, There's a lot of those B movies, Uh you know, you know, the Beach Party Massacre, the things like that. You know, you have that that kind of a feel to it. So maybe Mm -hmm. there might be something with that, too. There's... There's really no telling. That's one thing about uh, they've really been good with American Horror Story is they don't tip off too much. They just give you just enough. Just uh, enough. See, Hollywood, you should learn from that. Don't mm-hmm. give away the entire movie in the trailer. Right. So. Yes. But one thing I would definitely have to say as far as coronavirus is concerned, if you're uh, if you're a streaming service, you're probably overjoyed right now. Yeah. Because people are going to be staying home. Mm-hmm. Netflix and disinfect. Yeah. Will be the new Netflix and chill. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. 
Now, of course, we've been talking about you know, the streaming wars. Uh, I'll just bring this up uh, really quickly. I- I'm going to put a link for this in the description. If you're watching this on you know our Facebook page or YouTube page, or you know if you're listening to it, uh, I'll-, I'll put this in the description. But uh, I- I'm a big fan of the film theorist. Uh, Matt Pat. He does these really interesting, basically, he'll dissect, you know, certain parts of geek culture, film theory and game theory. And uh, all of them are really fascinating. Even when he uh, makes predictions and he, he misses the mark, they're still fascinating to, to listen to and to watch. Mm. And he did this whole thing on the streaming wars and his idea of who's going to win, who's who may not uh, make it to the end. Although, uh, for a moment, I'm like, He's, he's saying streaming wars. We should sue him for that. <laughs> uh, but, of course, uh, he had uh, his channel had issues with Defy Media, um, which, in case people are wanting to know, this is basically a company that was supposed to be helping him promote his channel. But instead, he and a bunch of other big name channels that worked with Defy Media, basically Defy Media, kept all their money. Ooh. And went bankrupt, and now I was like b- millions of dollars. So I'm thinking at this point, I don't Aww. think Matt Pat has money, a lot of money for me to be trying to take it. Was it Amway? That sounds like Amway. <laughs> well, I mean, it, there, there was a there was a thing. It was like money from ads, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on. A, I mean, this could take an entire podcast to describe all of this, but basically, Defy Media was a company that they. They would help promote the channel, and uh, what would happen is they would help them get ads and things like that, or that's what they were supposed to do. But what they would do is they would be like the middleman. They were kind of like an agent. So what would happen is all these, you know, like YouTube, when they get all the AdSense, you know, all the money that these channels were making ads on, what would happen is they would write a check to Defy Media, and then Defy Media would pass the money on to the or different they were company. supposed to pass them the exactly money on. <laughs> but they did two things and both of them were pretty crappy uh-huh. one was by getting all this money in they made it look like they were making all this money because they're look at all this money we got and so they were able to go out and get loans and investors and things like this so look at all this money we're making when not a dime of that money belonged to them it belonged to their creators uh-huh. then they declare bankruptcy and so banks that they defaulted on are now saying, hey, this, these millions of dollars, this, this needs to go to us to, uh, you know, to pay for these loans that they owe us. But it's not their money. It's not the five media's money. It belongs to these, to these channels that had nothing to do with any of this. But now they're, you know, and we're talking, again, millions of dollars. It looks like that they're going to lose, that the banks are just going to eat all this money up. So, and Matt Pat does a really interesting deep dive on, on the whole Defy Media thing. But uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't mean to go off, too far off the rails on this. I basically said all that to, to say that I'm putting a link in the description for the film theorists breakdown of the streaming wars and what Matt Pat thinks is going to happen, which I found absolutely fascinating, certainly with what we've been talking about. So which streaming service is going to be the Texas Instrument Computers of the streaming wars? Well, that, like I said, I don't want to go into any spoilers for it because, I mean, it's definitely worth a look. But how he breaks things down, I have to say what surprises me is that he, what he had to say about Disney Plus and their chances Hmm. surprised Mm -hmm. me. And what he had to say about Netflix surprised me. But I can't really disagree with it. So, like I said, we'll put the link uh, in the description. It's definitely worth a, a, a check out for sure. But now since uh, we're done with Doctor Who, and I'm thinking maybe later on we might have a, a, 
uh, a season breakdown, and, and I'm, I think I'm still trying to digest after all the, that myself. After the wound is heals a little bit, yeah, or, I think uh, I, I certainly think so. But uh, the well, dust settles, whatever allegory you need for the raucous uproar, whether you know, mm-hmm. and many people, you know, really enjoyed it. I told them not to listen to the podcast, um, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, yes. many like my gaming friends uh, said, you know, they love where this storyline's going and happy for them, but don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. For one thing, for for me, like I said, I I, I want to take some time. Um, maybe the next podcast or the one after that, because I don't know. Have you seen all the episodes now? Are you caught no, up? Mm-mm. Well, I mean, I've I've seen the finale, and the you fin- know, but I've still like I've missed the Nightmare one and the Captain Jack one. So yeah, I well, we may like I said, those. we might uh, you know maybe after you go back and check those out, we'll we can maybe do our you know final season breakdown and what mm-hmm. you know what we think but that's going to be for so another basically podcast we're, we're going to put a picture of of chibnall on the wall and throw darts at it well i don't know if i'm quite to that level yet like i mm-hmm. like i said when we talked about the season uh finale that uh i'm going to judge him from this next uh, the next episode with this holiday okay. episode wherever it is that i'm withholding judgment on this whole thing until then but I can definitely talk about this. How we break the doctor out of jail. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what, uh, you know, this season finale, how it's going to affect the show from this point forward. I mean, to me, that's the important part of it. But uh, in the meantime, we certainly have something else to talk about. <gasps> yes. Um, we have uh, two episodes uh, of The Walking Dead to talk about today because, mm. of course, we didn't get it to the last week because we spent the entire show talking about Doctor Who. Have you seen the the week before nope. episode? Mm-mm. You didn't see it. Nope. Well, we will still talk about it. And like I think I, I mentioned this uh, last time, it really was sort of a, a middle kind of episode. There wasn't anything really that developed except that, you know, it just set some things up. So okay. I wouldn't necessarily call it a filler episode, but not a great deal of things happened for sure. But uh, Stalker, we got to see some chess pieces get set up. We did get to see... Uh, Gamma join up with uh, with uh, the gang, although of course they didn't trust her very much. Oh, okay. We did get to see Beta attack Alexandria, and we found out that Judith is very good with her with her dad's gun. Aww. Shot him in shot him in the chest. I just can't believe how odd, you know, a, a seven year old using a gun. That's great. Yay! Oh Aww. well, <laughs> you know, she she was amazing, mm-hmm. uh, and her grouping was awesome. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, Beta had a steel plate on his chest that apparently was uh lined with impenetrable plot armor uh again as a writer it's like uh you can't just make things just appear mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you kind of have to tip that you know that that was a possibility because it can't just appear but uh but yeah he was he just happened to be wearing a steel plate on his chest that blocked the bullet so he managed to live but we found out that the spy has dug a hole in the grave and tunneled to a place where Beta could get into Alexandria, but uh, but like I said, we had a, a whole lots of uh, setups, and uh, we had a fight between Alpha and uh, Daryl. Oh. While, D- while Daryl was still out in the forest, he ran into Alpha and, uh, and a few of uh, her uh, uh, her whisperers, mm-hmm. and got into a fight, and uh, they wound up beating the crap out of each other, and wound up uh, both trapped in a uh, in a uh, barn. Both bleeding out pretty heavily, but then of course we get um, we get Lydia showing up and Beta. Oh, 
Ooh, um, okay. You get uh, Beta basically putting a knife in her hand saying, you know, it's time for you to kill me and become the leader of the Whisperers. To which uh, Lydia looked at her and was like, uh, no, I'd rather just kind of be a human being. So disappointed. But, you know, the, the thing about it is I'm not saying that a TV show can uh, uh, the TV show has the ability to completely destroy the moral fiber of a community. Some people have argued that uh, throughout the years. I'm not one of those people who, who necessarily feels that way, but it does seem odd to me that uh, it's very likely that during that scene, hundreds of thousands of people were looking at their scream, screaming, kill her, kill her, kill her now. <laughs> Don't let her live. Mm-hmm. But she did. So, of course, um, Alpha is uh, not done yet, for sure. And uh, at the end of the episode was uh, saying that how this made her stronger. Oh, um, great. So she's probably not going to give a crap about her daughter anymore. So, mm-hmm. but then we get to North Star. So, Morning Star. Morning Star. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh-huh. Morning Star. Morning Star. Yes. So, which you have seen. Yes. So, mm-hmm. what did what did you uh, what did you make of? Well, it you know, uh I'm wondering if AMC is worried about about drawing the viewers back in because it feels like every single episode is a cliffhanger and, you know, sometimes quite literally like in the cave. Yeah. And, you know, this one was was a big cliffhanger and it seemed felt more like a mid-season finale rather than a oh, yeah, because, mid-season episode. Yeah. yeah, because they certainly, you know, well, they set Hilltop on fire for sure. Yeah. So it was a very medieval, you know, it's good strategy yeah. for people out in the woods uh, learning about it. And I am very happy about the uh, Eugene you know, plot line. That, it's Stephanie, yeah. Yeah, that he and Rosita really are friends. Yeah. And that he realized this is just friendship. This is what friendship is like. Yeah. And. Well, you know, the thing about it is usually the they always tell you, you know, whenever you're, once you've, you know, you're dealing with a bad relationship or what, or something like that, you know, getting back on the horse. To be honest, in, in that kind of a situation, you know, having somebody else to kind of move your feelings to makes it, I, I suppose, easier to do that. At least for us as the audience, you know. Yeah, we're it, glad. certainly. But and yeah, for guys we, in general, you uh-huh. know, it's like they tend to stand, stay heartbroken in a situation until they find somebody else to transfer those feelings uh, onto. Uh-huh. And I think Stephanie is really going to be, uh, at this point, is that for- For Eugene. And for we, Eugene. We West Virginians, uh, yes. you know, get really excited when we hear something, you know, and she just said, I'm in Charleston, West Virginia. Which currently we're in Charleston, we West Virginia. We are in Charleston, West Virginia. And uh, fortunately, we know how to pronounce the Kanawha River. Well, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, the, you know, Kanawha, Kanawha. Well, that's, that's the thing. That's how- that's one of those moments where we know they ain't from around here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, to be Probably fair. Say Appalachia, too. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, you know, we don't know. It might just be the convenient place for Stephanie to to meet Eugene. It may not be. It may be a good enough distance away from where they actually are. There's no saying that perhaps they're, you know, there's. They're set up in Charleston. If they are, that's mm-hmm. interesting as I'll get out. It is interesting. And I've always thought that, you know, during the zombie apocalypse, West Virginia is a good place to be because our terrain is never even. I mean, you're yeah. up and down. You're going around curves no matter what. So, you know, it would be difficult for for zombies to tra- uh, transverse. And, um, you know, it's easy to fortify because, you know, up a hollow, you can... You don't even need like a hundred feet of wall to wall up a hollow. So yeah, for sure, um, it's it'd be a good place to fortify. It's a good oh, place yeah. to be. 
you know, and, and for sure, uh, especially, you know, if you have a, uh, a herd of zombies following a road, it's like, well, how far away are they? Oh, about a mile away. So it should take them about two and a half, three days to get here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because- and then they'll just, you know, run into the river. Or they'll fall. They'll run into the because that's one mile away is like five miles of road because <laughs> it curves and it goes up and down and side oh, to yeah. side. And well, it's going to be interesting to see where Charleston, West Virginia plays into into the show for mm-hmm. sure. And assuming that Eugene survives the hilltop attack, which nothing is... Uh, well, he uh, has to. He has a date. Yeah. Aww. Aww. But if it, if it does turn out that we we happen to see Charleston, West Virginia, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they do that on the show, what they make it look like, mm-hmm. for sure. Is, is our Capitol Dome still gold? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's always exciting to see West Virginia, especially like Charleston, being brought up you know, in something genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did have Fallout 76, mm-hmm. but boy, did that yeah. did that turn into a disaster. We had Outcast on Cinemax. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, but, but you know, I only you, saw like, the first season, so. Well, you know, the thing about it, too, is you have like Wrong Turn and things like that where, uh, yes. you know, where mm-hmm. it's like, wow, West Virginia is like really flat. <laughs> you know, nope. it's like, it's like, uh, not bo- even in our flattest flat places is it flat. It's still, no. it's up and down, up and down. Yeah. It's like, uh, 10 seconds of flat. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. But, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see what West Virginia, uh, Charleston specifically, how that, uh, gets translated into The Walking Dead. If Eugene is going, uh, bring uh, Ezekiel with you because we have this awesome cancer center. Yes, we do. So there may be in the zombie apocalypse, there might be something of it left to to save him. So maybe he comes along. We'll, you know, uh, how all this turns out, uh, of course, we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, the hilltop's on fire and something's going to have to happen there. So, but I guess we'll find out uh, coming this uh this next week. Looking forward to it. I'm sure there's some spoilers out. Uh, I know that uh, there have been some uh, episode descriptions and there's some pictures out there, spoilers for the next episode and some of the episodes after. So I'm sure there's some geek watchers out there who's saying, hey, what? wait a minute, you know, you're talking about this and you don't know if it's going to happen. But of course it's going to happen or it's not going to happen because we've already seen this preview or whatever. Just so that you know, I'm not the biggest fan of spoilers. So I make it a point not to uh, to really go in and, and see future stuff. But I will say one thing, though, that I do like behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. And what's really fascinating and about this episode we have to talk about is, of course, Daryl gets, gets his vest back. Oh, yes. And yeah. that's so cute. And, of course, it was blue, like the blue paint. Right. Because uh, Judith paints it, and it's all cute right. little blue ombre on his wing. Here's the cool thing about this. We're talking about, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you know who painted and designed the wing? Mm-mm. Kaylee Fleming, the actress who plays Judith. Aww. So she actually designed the wing, painted the wing. So it's like, you know, who do you get to play a badass little girl? You get a badass little girl actor. Awesome. So yeah, so she they basically just gave her a template and they said design it. So she, you know, the stars that are there. She came up with the entire design. She painted the whole thing. I mean, it. She did the whole. It was completely her concept. So you know, Judith did actually do it, which yeah. is which is pretty cool. And I I love the fact that you know it's a it's a great metaphor for the show at this point because you have the wing on the one side the old wing and then of course now you have this new thing on the other side 
So, you know, it's like you're thinking about the past, but you're going to the future. I think it's an awesome metaphor for where the show is at this point. Like I said, it was it was really awesome that they, they were able to get uh, Kaylee was able to basically do the design and they actually had her do it. I think it's just really awesome and cool. So I, I did want to bring that up, of course, before we go today. But uh, uh, but we'll definitely see what happens next week. They left it on a they left it on a note. Yep. So we'll see next week uh, where it goes from here. So with that said, we come to the end of episode 104 of the Geek Watch podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch podcast is a Hanging J production.